You're listening to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hi. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And we're going to discuss uh, a project we haven't really talked about on Noise Extra. That is true. And Oh, yeah. You know what? I love Mersbau. This is a good one. This is yes. a really good album. Oh, my God. Yes. It's time to talk about Mersbau Red Two Eyes. 10 inch on V2 and you know we did K2's any anyone can't catch up with this 10 inch a little bit ago and we're just kind of in a 10 inch zone and in thinking about another 10 inch to cover it was just kind of like you know what I think it's time to talk about Mersbau again yeah I like everything about this album it's anybody can't catch up with this oh, oh. you know what that's fine I, you know what I said it wrong. Stand what are you corrected. Gonna do? What are you going to do? Sometimes you say CCC. Sometimes you, sometimes you say five C's. Anybody can't catch up with this. I don't think I've ever said five C's, and I've really I tried to I for sure have said no, five I'm C's. No, I'm pretty sure you did one time, and we- and This it, is recorded. We can go check. And and now, now Gray, you know, pretty. if you say that you didn't say it, you I probably know said that it. Yeah, no, chances I know. It's are- terrible. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's- uh, for better or for worse, Mike is pretty good for remembering what one has said. I have learned over the years. Whoa. Yep. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's this is uh, this is just awesome. But hey, before we talk about Mersbau, let's talk about some recent listening. Gray. Oh, good what idea. Have you been listening to? Checked out that uh, Corporal Punishment comp that SSSM. Just put up on the band camp reissue of a comp from 89. And he just put up another one uh, that I have picked up but have not listened to yet. But Corporal Punishment's got Escore and Contagious Orgasm and what that data, data blues. What is that? I'm, one not called? Sure, I'm not sure what that project is, but I love those tracks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there's a track by use. And yes, tune into next week's episode because you can hear Tara and I talk about it in our recent <laughs> listening. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Isn't it crazy when we listen to the same thing and we haven't been talking about it? How does it happen? Well, uh, because we had actually talked well, about that. Sometimes we, we did talk about this. And you know why? It's yes. not crazy. Because, of course, we just listen to noise all the time. And <laughs> if, if a new thing gets put up by someone who we all, whose work we follow, then chances are we're going to have listened to it. True. It is true. And I got this. Tape in the mail from Tribe Tapes K2. It's a reissue of Demise Symphonica. And have you ever thought, man, I really wish K2 sounded like MB and Vangelis jamming? I mean, I, in my mind, and it's been a long time since I've listened to it, but that's what Hypertrophy sounds like. The K2 tape on band. Oh, yeah. It's very like ambient. This is, this sounds like Vangelis, but it also has some moments of like weird drum machine MB esque sort of delayed rhythm box and weird synth stuff. But it's very very melodic and soundtracky and grandiose. And it's an awesome listen. Uh, It's series two K2. (laughs) <laughs> I don't yeah. know that there's a series for this, really, because right. yeah. well, I think I think the more we dig into K2's work and we last Sunday, seven inch Sunday, we started the noise tournament series with K2 and the haters yeah. chomp on some the, more K2. Yeah, but I feel like the more we dig into K2, the 
his work is so varied. Yeah. And, you know, again, anybody can't catch up with this. The Rust, those are, I think, the, I think that's what people think of when they think of K2. But right. it's so varied and so much different stuff. It's actually, it's such a fascinating project. K2 can do a lot of things. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Uh, what do you guys been listening to? Well, we were listening to that SSM comp, the sociometric test comp. SSM? I'm sure that I say every... You know what? I get tripped up on letters. I get tripped up on words. I get tripped up on so much stuff that if you're going to give me an abbreviation of letters, I am going to butcher it. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen for the rest of time. So everyone... Brace yourself. But yes, that this comp is really cool. And again, th- I mean, you've heard us talk about it. You've heard us yammer on about contagious orgasms comps. They're so cool. Yes. They're so unexpected. There's always something. I mean, the first, the, the underground organization starts this off with some just more or less straight up techno. Then there's this, then there's kinky over pollution, which is like, Total power electronics. And I'm really fascinated with this project. I actually was not familiar with it. It's an old project, but I think he's restarted in the past few hmm. years. Really cool looking old tapes. I'm. I, this was my introduction to the project. And as far as I can remember... Uh, and but and then you get a great contagious orgasm track. You get a dislocation Mersbau collab that's really good. And I think this comes from 91, I want to say. But how great is it? It's wonderful. Oh, it's so good. So yeah, the, 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 these I'm really psyched that he's putting up these comps on his Bandcamp to make available for people. Yeah, and these these SSSM comps are as weird as Contagious Orgasm and as varied, yes. which I really like. Is like you don't know what you're gonna get, yes. but it's all cool and it's all like a nice portrait of a time. And it's yes. and it's all very emotive. Like regardless yeah. of the the pacing, the speed, it's all very very much moody and emotive. And then not as not so much listening, but we wanted to mention a movie we watched last night that was just kind of blew us away. Yeah. And it's a Jess Franco movie and it's Love Letters of a Portuguese Nun. Oh boy. Was it I wasn't expecting it to be so well made, so delicate, so nuanced. I mean, it truly at the heart of it, it's a it's a story of Nuns behaving badly. Uh, exploitation. <laughs> uh, exploitation for category sure. This falls under. Uh, yes, uh, the devil is alive and well in it. Um, you got some some wild scenes that you would expect the eroticism of Jess Franco. Yet at the same time, it has like a a sad and psychological element, yeah. and it and it really kind of plays into the idea of being. Um, helpless in the face of uh, the higher authorities such as the church such such as institutions and rulers and i don't know i thought it was uh surprisingly good and i don't mean surprisingly yes. good like i'm like i'm not shocked that it was great like it was fabulous it, it's just so well made the script is so interesting it was great on many many but levels I guess what and you're not saying- just like and not just in a soft core period eroticism way yes i think i think when you're saying surprisingly it means that Jess Franco, it, it, there's many variations of Jess Franco. This is actually done. The, it's 
the music is consistent and feels like it's from the time, <laughs> from like the 1700s. Mm-hmm. The shots are consistent. The, the dubbing is pretty good. And so you, but you know what I mean, Gray, you right? Which is right. There's, there's these ups and downs. Yeah. I think something like this, something like ba, uh, Bahia Blanca, there, he has these moments of this beautiful transcendence. And then he has moments of movies like Blue Rita or Night of Open Sex that are yeah. just like totally off the wall and incredible and but he, and, you know, it really connects with the bittersweet nature of life in this, yes. I think. Yes. You guys have been and, digging and it, into a lot of Franco stuff on Home Time, though, right? Because well, I've watched a couple things that you had recommended. That and, you know, I know now you're in a Milligan zone, that Andy yes. Milligan box. But. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. No, we've been we're in a We're trying big... not to tear through the Milligan too fast. But we're going to. That's going to happen. Yeah, but, but yeah, but, but yeah, basically, yes, we have been in a big Jess Franco zone for a, a while now. We are in a Milligan zone. But yes, if these types of movies are of any interest to, to you, hop on over to the Patreon. It's we, on, on one of... Tara and Mines series that is horrible grammar. Uh, <laughs> home time we do generally Our. cover a movie or or a handful of movies on each episode in this vein. So if anything we just said sounds at all interesting to you, pop on over see what we see see what we got going on over there. And before we talk about Red Two Eyes, a word from our sponsors. Foul Prey is a UK-based label specializing in international noise. After a short hiatus, we're back in harsher than ever with new original releases from Vice Wears Black Hose, Industrial Hazard, Ted Burns, The Rita, and Crawl of Time coming this spring and summer. Visit our new website at foulprey.com and sign up for the free newsletter to receive 10% off your next order. From there, you'll be the first to hear about upcoming releases, exclusive offers, advanced access to pre-orders, and subscriber-only content. That's foulprey, F-O-U-L-P-R-E-Y.com. Whether you get off on sonic extremes, skilled think pieces, or psychologically damaging soundtracks for personal ritual, Misanthropic Agenda has got you covered. Misanthropic Agenda is a noise, sound art, and electronic music label founded by Garrett Whitmer in 1998, releasing CDs and vinyl by the likes of Merzbau, John Weiss, Joe Colley, Dave Phillips, Francisco Marino, Death Rose, Lasse Marhog, Jason Krumer, LHD, and many more. Use code Noise Extra at misanthropicagenda.com to receive free shipping on any size order in the United States. Oh, they've also got a band camp. Black Sand Desert, The Cherry Point, Government Alpha. The Haters, Hijo Kaiden, Neural, LHD, Lasse Marhug, Paranoid Time, Richard Ramirez, Scald Him, Sewer Election, Sissy Spacek, Spastic Colon, Trance, Unsustainable Social Condition, John Weiss, and many more. Visit iHeartNoise.com for details. Red to Eyes by Mertzbau. We are back in Merzland. It just, it was time. We needed a, just a jolt of Murr's noise and on 10 inch pink 10 inch pink. It's such a cool color. Now Tara wants to, Tara doesn't think that it's, I did. I was skeptical of the color because you know, our lighting in here is wild. Um, so I did go out in the sunlight. It's a, it's a very, very deep salmon 
Salmon, uh, you, uh, you got a weird pressing. Yeah, very close I'm, to red. I'm, I'm, you it know is what? a dark, nope. near red pink. How about that? But I'm not getting salmon in any way. I think I they're going to trust more about describing a color. You guys are It's me. closer Come to on. a magenta than it is to uh, to salmon. Oh, get your life. It is I, not magenta. I'm, I'm There's with more gray. Pur- I'm with gray. Magenta has tons of purple in it. I'm, this hey, does you know not what? have purple in I'm it. I'm with gray. I got to say, I think this is way... I don't see... I think this is just a nice, deep pink... And I gotta say, I don't, I don't see salmon, and you know, I don't know. That's I'm, fine. Well, okay, wait. You know, we the, all have your our... hair's red, and I don't think your hair <laughs> looks anything like this record. <laughs> okay, Tara, My... does the color of the vinyl match the color of the text? No. Okay, see, so mine does. Not on ours. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, ours I... doesn't. Oh, Look, yours, yours, yeah, yours is a different color. Different. I'm going to grab well, ours. So okay, wait a minute. Hang on. Hang on. We're live in action here. Well, this happens. In fact, this- I'm sure the pressing plant must have issued a disclaimer when they press this thing. The vinyl color may not be uh, accurate or consistent. Though, but I will say through the screen here, your cover looks a little different than oh, ours. This, well, I have a red light on us. But your co- what? I, that I doesn't feel- look red even with a red light on it. That's pink. I, I look. I agree. Uh, but but our cover looks... Hang on now. This is strange. Because I feel like our cover is... yours. Seem, ours seems the blue... Well, maybe it's just the screen and maybe it's just it's our... You know what it is? It's, it's the same because, cover. Okay, okay, it's okay. It's because okay, they're okay. using those oppositional colors of like pink and lime green and all the colors really pop. And, well, it, and they really do Tara, that's a mint really green. That's not a lime green. It's such... Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That is I mint like, green. I like this. It's not like, mint green. I that love, is lime green. I love this, Wait, what by color the way. lime green have you used? That is mint green. I'm gonna go green. get a pantone. Let me see that green. Let me see it. Mint green is pastel. I would uh, I would I don't know, man. It's am I gonna call this lime or am I gonna that call is this? It's definitely mint? not lime green. Any listeners. Please, that's not why I'm reading <laughs> the damn Everybody send it. You know, it's crazy. This record looks so much pinker than it did before, and I think it's because we. Tr- <laughs> yeah, how minty does but that we, green look now compared well, to earlier? It does not look minty at all. But we do have a yellow light on right now. Yeah, it, it, look, to, we always have a red light on because it makes my hair look redder. So I like to have fair, the, red the lighting light on. in our place is always it's really wild. wild. So I, I, yeah, see, I don't know now, like. It's it's our, the lighting in our place is constantly shifting, yeah. changing, and it's never a normal light. So I, you know, but look, if there's one thing I know that is not mint green, that is mint green. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it mint no. either, but I don't know if I'd call it lime. Not mint chocolate chip. But there's either. no. That's the color the screen is. Okay. Anyway, look enough about this. It's it's also it's a strange cover in the fact that it's printed in magenta, mint green, and like a weird deep cyany blue. Turquoise. Right, right. Or you could say it's printed in turquoise. <laughs> or you could say pink turquoise. and lime green. I mean, either way, you could say it. And it, it, you, it doesn't have to be right, but you can no, say it. No, it's true. We can say anything we want. It doesn't mean it's accurate. Oh, I mean, believe you me. You know what? You, everyone it's hears me say, pronouncing that. words and saying uh, ac- uh, <laughs> oh, ac- not acronyms. What are, what, are, uh, what are words with what are... What's CCCC? That's an acronym. Is that an acronym? It's not an acronym. It's an initials. Scuba's an acronym. It's a it's a initials that make yeah. a word. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has yeah, to make, yeah. it has oh, to I form a word it... that you can say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. For it to duh. be an acronym. Okay. Yeah, it's it just is initials. true. It's true. Well, that's it, either, true. You know what? Either way, I'm just yeah. uh, consider me half wrong on everything. But the <laughs> but I do love this cover because it does. It is so bright. 
no matter what actual color you want, we want to say this is. It is bright, and it is, and it fits the noise on it's eye popping and jolting, yeah, much like yeah. the sound contained on yes. the record. Recorded yes. in February and August of '95, and yes. uh, I think we know historically that is when the EMS. Cynthia showed up in yes. uh, Merzbaugh's life. So mm-hmm. what we have some Cynthia on this recording and, and I dare say even he has not mastered it yet when he is doing these jams, there's a lot of exploratory synthing. Yeah. Going on it's here. really, really cool. And we did learn that from, from Philip when he was on uh, with us and, and he was there pretty much right when, he, you know, when Masami got the EMS or, or was there when it was being shipped? I can't remember. So cool. I hadn't gone back and listened to that, but I can't remember what exactly he said. But, but yes, yeah, so we're getting this really cool exploratory uh, zone of Merzbau, but we're also getting some really weird stuff. And it kicks off track one, red, Aka in parentheses. There's immediately some weird actual music being cut up right away yeah there's some uh some guitar some drumming maybe or maybe it's just a hitting you know an object but it definitely feels like there's there's a musical bend on this track and it doesn't continue on the others but this one definitely feels like some reworked Mm -hmm. music and this uh replaced a previous release on v2 archive or is that right so this is a bit confusing. Tara was digging into some research about this and it's, it's really, I, I actually love how kind of confusing this is, but Tara, why don't you try to lay out exactly the history of this and then the history of the title? Okay. Aka is red and May is eyes. So Aka May May red eyes, eyes. Um, so Aka May May was initially released on V2 when it like V2 edition, it was released in 1984, then re-released in 1990 with a new cover. It was also released as a Zuzufu product. Then uh, in 1996, they re-released this 10-inch because... Well, no, it's not a re-release, Sorry. though. Uh, so it is, see, it is confusing. Wait, wait, wait. It was... I'm just going to say it literally from the V2 site. This record replaced the Akameme tape, which is deleted. So they lost the source material in the original... Akameme tapes, and so this was used to replace it. Instead, or, or, or they just deleted the uh, made made it not available it, anymore. Exactly, and so this is on V two archive, not V two edition. Right, and so it's sonically it's recorded in nineteen ninety five. So sonically, as far as we know, it doesn't have anything to do with the original tape. Now, maybe he took material from the original tape and and morphed mm-hmm. it into some of this. I have a there's a point in the second track that I could conceivably see see being something like that. But and the original tape had track titles, it had like 11 tracks. Right. It had um it, it, a totally different So it's vibe. a strange sort of thing. So it's it's the title is is really the through line, but even the title is a little different. You know, Red Two Eyes is a is obviously a a version of Akamame. And but how great is Red Two Eyes as oh, a title? I've like it's always great. I thought this oh. was one of the best titles. Because it just immediately makes you think of like two like red monster eyes staring back at you or something eerie, something strange, something that you wouldn't necessarily want staring back at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These yeah. red two eyes. Hey, kinda like uh 
the demon that got into the um, the nunnery on the movie we just that watched. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Wreaking a little havoc in there. But but yeah, you're getting this again. We just once that you you get this sort of cut up of some strange actual music. Now again, I don't know if this was you know something that he had made or 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 a found thing or something about it sounded familiar like it was an actual familiar song that he was cutting up hard to say it made me think of like using like manipulated radio yeah but then we do just fall into the just the full on you know mersbau full thick crushing noise from yeah, this time there's parts of classic sort of mers sound that is peeking through here too and that's like some of the actual music is trying to cut through instead of the noise forcing its way out of the music. The music is trying to force its way out of the noise at points. Yeah. And it's actually kind of a different way than I'm used to hearing it compared to, you know, something where he's taking a musical source like door open at 8am or something. This is a, right, a right. different approach to that sort of, you know, the flip side of that uh, technique. And so, yeah, you get, you do get a lot of the, like you hear some of the classic sort of taro machine era, like rhythmic, noise stuff and that kind of maybe the beginnings of that kind of thing and especially on uh red aka you you know there's more of the musical aspect bleeding through and the guitar but there's also a lot of the ems synth uh filter work like that filter is going there's a great synth loop i think it's sort of near the end and it's it kind of comes after this sensory overload of just total monumental noise and then there's this sort of great synth loop that comes near in the end and i love how much his noise moves and Mm -hmm. it's it's just in constant motion and the layers like there's so many it's fast and the layers are are interesting and only add to the speed and feel like they're done you know live again and a lot Mm -hmm. of times a lot of times it's 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 denoted if there's no overdubs i don't think this one says that but it feels mm-hmm. like that i would say now it's credited with recorded and mixed so it might have you know been uh, maybe a little done to bit, four track but... or something and mixed afterwards yeah and you know when we get into two eyes or may may uh it's this like high static nausea and flutter and then it gets into this really kind of the the way I describe it. Here's a word for you: gronky feedback. Whoa, oh, interesting. You know, it's just sort of like Whoa. obtuse, and he's it almost like I said, this is early synthy days, so he has not right. mastered this thing, and there is some exploratory stuff going on here. He's trying to figure it out, is is what it sounds like, and pushing the machine and and the capabilities of it, and with that, you get some sort of you can hear some knobs being turned like, you know, during this section and it's really heavily synthy based, but there's also just like looped metal junk going on through it. And uh, it's a, it's a modulation nightmare. There's, you know, in your car, you can set uh, some cars have like a maximum speed you can set for them. Like you can be like, oh, oh, don't go over sixty because I, I don't oh, want to get another oh, ticket. Yes. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I feel like he somehow even early on with this thing he had uh, he had that same kind of like speed limiter on the LFO on this thing where it's like it only goes in this certain like Mertzbau range. Right, and, and it's so distinct. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it is so distinct. Yeah. And now is that something you could do with something like this? 
Set, is there a threshold? Not, not really. No. I mean, that's a that mm-hmm. is a speed knob. You're just adjusting an oscillator. That's, yeah. The, I mean, it could be the the confines of the knob. You could maybe put something in it to chop it at a certain frequency or something. But right. that would be a lot more work than you know. I feel like he's just working it in a certain range of that knob, and, right. and the restraint is on his own, you know, on his own hands. And it's really funny because yeah, it's it. You know these speeds you know you know this modulation speed from plenty of Mertzbau stuff it's it's the same weird speed and hearing it so sort of early into the the use of the synthy is uh, pretty telling to me it's like he found a way that he liked to use it and that was that was it it's so cool and and yeah that it's got a yeah it's this very cosmic intro it's very cosmic and that's yeah, it's, the- it starts coming in especially in the second track like yes the, like the red is I, I didn't get as much cosmic. It was like an airplane skidding off the runway or like waves crashing in a cement mixer. But then once you get into two eyes, yeah, you definitely like the small electronic sounds are really present. And I love the, when they're used with restraint and then you get that, you know, warbling tractor beam and alien static and maybe the, red alien eyes are starting to peer at you through your mini blinds in a super freaky way. Well, and it also reminds me of, I was brought to hybrid noise bloom mm-hmm. and, yeah, I was immediately and which, which would have been what, maybe a year or so after is it hybrid noise blooms like 96, 97, yep, 96, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. So again, it's, it's like, it, and that's the, and that is the cool thing about knowing, you know, knowing when he got the EMS and then kind of getting to watch the, progression of it and and it, yeah and i think it's so cool that here it's like this is the beginnings and what is what is he you know what does he think about this and and where does he where does he see this thing going and and yes yeah, so th- this is the synth workout we're moving along cosmic lines but it also has a really cool composition because it's again he's so great at is you know we always talked about talk about the the rug pull and it is great because there is a lot of rug pull you're in this zone and then he pulls it away and you're in this other space and there's a point in this so there's a point in this track where it cuts there's a there's a distinct cut mm-hmm. this would make me think that maybe this would have been done maybe in a separate session just the way it cuts it's so it go, goes to this different place, but you get in this wild section that almost feels like a manipulation of a cassette, of a cassette recording, the actual sonic quality of it. Well, I think, you know, he's listed here. He credited himself with EMS, Cynthia, metal electronics and tapes. So, so hey, I think he might be fully go. right. That it's, so I think some, this some is, tapes. I think this is where some tapes come in and then maybe, the material is the original Akameme tape. Well, we're going to have to listen to it now. I'm just saying maybe. I don't know. It's going to be our next recent listening. But the, it is a, it's, it's, I like that idea though of recycling the title, not, but barely recycling the music, but maybe recycling it just a little bit. Now, well, look, if you get a new synth and you don't play some tapes through it to see what it sounds like, what are you, what are you doing? 
<laughs> so I'm sure that's what he was doing. I'm sure that's what he was thinking. And and hey, maybe even that drum and weird stuff we're hearing on Red, maybe that's on that tape too. Yeah. Because I mean, that's '84. Yeah, but there's no. I mean, could, drums could be him, and and maybe even guitar. But on that tape, there's a couple other people credited, but it's all uh, with synthesizer yep. and voice. It's not oh, okay. so with any traditional go. sort of you know instruments uh, right, like we're right, hearing right. in the first track. So I, I did look that up in reference just to see because I'm like, okay, if this is coming from an older tape or if he's using parts of that, is that what those parts are? And again, yeah, that tape 84, absolutely possible that there was drumming on it. I mean, if you listen to something, you know, look at the Mertz box material or those reissues that have been coming out, there's, there's drums on some of that eighties material for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, this is just, and then, and then after that, you just then fall back once more into this destroyed synth section that just takes us out of this track. And it's just, the I love the progression of this track and I love the composition of this track. Yeah, those strange electronic hums, um, like where it was really like the an electronic buzz. It reminded yeah. me of of like the aliens telepathy peeking through the recording. Maybe. I get the alien feeling because it does bring that. And so at hybrid noise room brought those feelings, and it's just that cosmic. It's definitely cosmic. It's that cosmic feeling that the EMS yeah. brings. Greg, have you ever played with an EMS? Uh, no, I have sort of seen one, been around one, but not spent any significant time with it. There's a, you know, Behringer's doing their uh, best approximation of one that's been announced of the uh, VCS3, which is the, Ooh. aka the Putney, the one that looks sort of L-shaped, the wood sides mm-hmm. and back. I think um, you you might have showed that to us, maybe. Yeah. So there, there will be uh, an approximation of an EMS that people will get to pick up and play with sounds like there will be an approximation of an ems in the holger studio look i have a a synth problem (laughs) and no you don't say i just i just like them i like the things they do so (laughs) i like the things they do i I like that it's not like having them near me yeah it's look I look so grateful that you like them. That's awesome. We can come play with them. (laughs) And then you give us advice when we're looking for something. Yeah, we need that. So please, by all means. Sorry. Uh This was wild. Actually, Gray's one red eye, one green eye. Oh, wow. Uh, We're seeing one red eye, one green eye. So Gray's computer just fell. And and it's weird. And we're literally seeing two eyes. One, though, is red. One is green. That is. It was really weird. That was really weird. Are you okay, Gray? Did the sense overtake you? Did did the synths come to life? (laughs) They heard me talking. Were they like, shut your mouth. There are not enough of us yet. There's not enough. How dare you? There's enough. The telepathy was controlled. That me. was exciting. That was really exciting. It was That's a thrill. The, uh, We're keep- the power and recording or on light for my webcam, if you must know. Oh, is that what that was? Oh. Is that what those eyes were? Yeah. <laughs> that was really exciting. Us. We're keeping that in. Uh, <laughs> I know. We got so much action on this one. I got to get up and walk around. Gray, gray too. This is fun. Yeah, I learned Tara's colorblind. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. We'll see. We'll see. Everybody, go. I know you got it. Go look at Red Two Eyes and tell me what you think. Look, I might have been a little off on the deep salmon. It's a very <laughs> a little off very, on the deep salmon. It's very very dark pink, and that is not mint Take green. Take a look at the magenta turquoise. and mint green, please. Yeah, magenta uh, has more per- magenta. 
Hey, That's sure. And I'm sure. You know what? It's magenta. Like, I like that. It's not fuchsia, though. And like I'm saying, I draw the line at fuchsia. Whatever color you call this, it is such a beautiful, bright record. I really, really do love the colors on this. I think it's so cool. I love. It is. I love when Noise uses colors. Speaking of bright red eyes, part three. <laughs> We had I, red okay, yeah, and right? we had eyes. Now we, we have, have red, red eyes. eyes part three. Uh, it's I, such a confusing name for all of this too. So I love great. that. The B side being the longest side, you know, the first side clocks in at just over 10 minutes. This side is uh, just over 13 and it starts with this like beeping and this clipped loop and some really sort of manic synth action on it until we get to the, that open freewheeling Mertzbau white noise. Yes. It's so and crumbly. I did write the words sheer and bright on this yep. track because it is <laughs> it's mm-hmm. bright noise. And yes, you get that, you get the you get the loop, and then the noise just breaks free, and we are in the Mersbau funnel and we are falling in willingly. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yes, for real, sounds of chaos, sounds of destruction rock crumbling away also just the absolute screaming metal chaos oh, yeah so there good. is some total metal feedback on this and and there's uh, this tight delay ringing stuff that that's going on to mm-hmm. it too that i really liked but all that stops when we get to that weird mellow oscillator like rising pitch part dude uh, and then this nasty static underneath it ah, it's that part's so cool you just start so harsh and then you just start to zone out you get that great moment it's so Mm -hmm. it comes out of nowhere and you're not expecting it but it's like at the perfect time and it just you just get settled into that really just perfect part of this noise painting i love it yeah the the tweeps i was calling them tweeps and they're just like floating away into the air like just like yeah just Just sort of sparks sort of sort of sparks coming off the eyes yeah and but the but truly like the the destruction that's happening as the bed underneath this whole track is just so nice because it's it's got a lot of texture like it truly has like a a rocky, crumbly, like just imagine grabbing a cookie and, and squeezing it and crumbling it in your hand. It's like it's that feeling and it's so yummy. Or maybe it's like the <laughs> maybe it's like the uh, dissolved pancakes in the uh, wh- which one is it? The Zome spite tape that had the pancakes. Oh, yeah, the pancakes one? just <laughs> crumbling which one was away it that? into nothing. Was it oh, I can't remember. I can't remember yeah. right offhand. It just, it just, it just flittered out of my head, much just, like the crumbly pancakes, like the tweeps. But, but yeah, it is. It has those just sort of sparks flying, uh, but in this, in this mesmerizing way. Once you finish that section, though, it's like he takes the junk guitar and tries to kickstart some kind of blast furnace. Yeah, like he's yes, got to play yes, this yes. junk guitar to get this thing lit, and boy, yeah. does it get lit! It is. More of that white hot noise, but it's sort of in the classic mm. Murs, harsh, layered, just yep. pile of noise. But you know, this this track progresses really nicely and goes through a lot of zones. But one thing I really like is the mix on it, where you can really feel sort of the distinct elements and where they sit. Nothing is too overpowering. Like even in the later half, there's this sort of this like tonal piece, but there's there's junk under it, and you can clearly visualize where those things are sitting when you're right, listening yes, to it. Right. Yes. 
Yeah, there's like stratification in the sound. His layers are so yeah. good. Yeah, and I also, agree. did you guys, I don't think it was voice, but there's a very much like a formant synth kind of sound that's both rising and falling. Yes. Yeah. It, it was, it's so strange. It's such was a strange sound. Was that the one sound. that I thought was a howling space cat? Probably. I think possibly. Could be yeah, the howling yeah. space cat? That, I think that would be a, probably a pretty good description. And I think it was, it's really cool. And it's, it, you know, you know, it's. Mersbauch is really it's so he's so distinct and it's really hard to think about any other noise that even comes close to sounding like this it's there really isn't a lot he he really it really is this his own pocket that he created and there's other things that maybe you could sort of approximate but there's like nothing that sounds like this. Yeah, there are things that are fast and chaotic and wild and unhinged and destructive. But they, that, there's something like when you hear that, you know, there's like a few specific sounds you hear them and like, oh, it's Merzbell. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. right. This has all those sounds. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're all together. Yeah. But again, it, comparative to a lot of the 90s work, it, this is a little more crude and a little more... Uh, experimental but not in yeah you know experimental music way but like you hear him trying things yeah. out yeah mm-hmm. which i think is really cool and i think that's what's so cool about having such a large discography that you can that you can trace and it's 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 an exciting thing to see the glimpse into the process it's what's exciting about something like tg24 where you get to see songs you get to listen to songs being created Mm-hmm. You know, at different yeah. shows, and and now all of a sudden, Hamburger Lady exists in the way that's closer to the album, whereas there's versions that are much different. You know, this kind of stuff, and I love. That's what I think is so so, so captivating about an artist that has such a deep discography, like Mersbaugh, like Richard Ramirez, mm-hmm. like you know Throbbing Gristle that documented all their shows. I think it's such a cool way to experience uh, an, an artist you can see what he chose to keep and what he chose not to hang right. on to. yeah like, i mean that's what yeah. it is when you get to look at an artist's discography too though is like seeing what ideas were abandoned what ideas didn't work out and what ideas got refined into what we know them as and i like that and i like that in in a lot of artist work that you when you can kind of see and refine some people work in secrecy and they put something out every five years once they've refined it on on their own and some people kind of work and put the stuff out and get feedback or have to sort of expel it from their self to then be able to move on. And I think both things are valid and it, it can be interesting to hear both uh, progressions. Oh, totally. Yeah. I love it. And then, and then again, just laying this on that 10 inch format, just so I ah, just, it feels so good. It feels yes. so good to put a yeah. 10 inch on. It just feels so good to hold in your hands, and and this is well. And this one's heavy too. It's it's a yeah, nice it's a, really it's a nice, nice so weight of vinyl. Pro- this is direct. So now yeah. this is direct to metal mastering. Is that correct, Gray? Is that the correct term? Uh, I mean, more- it, it's got a stamped, it's got a stamped uh, imprint on it. So that's generally a sign of that to me. But I, mm-hmm. I can't say for certain. But usually when they have now, the stamp matrix number, what <laughs> I now, assume it's what- DMM. Now, what is that process? I mean, roughly, I, know, I mean, like roughly, what is that process compared to what, say, getting it pressed at uh, a, a quote unquote regular, regular pressing? What is that? How is the process differ? On direct metal mastering, they cut 
onto a copper plated disc instead of cutting it onto a lacquer, right? Mm-hmm. <coughs> so much in the same way as, as cutting a regular record, but they're cutting it into copper. And then that, that takes, what it does is take the, the plating process out of it. So you're theoretically reducing uh, the chance of adding noise into it when you electroplate, when you send it off to Mastercraft for the electroplating, which is what usually happens after you get your lacquer cut, especially in the old days, you know, we all used to use Aardvark and then from Aardvark, it would go to Mastercraft and then from Mastercraft, it would go to your plant and your plant would make the records. Um, it is uh, the way that a lot of record pressing is going these days and people tend to generally feel like some of the soul is sucked out of the recording with that process uh, because it's not with an engineer sitting there cutting a lacquer, which is how it'd been done up into the dawn mm-hmm. of time. You know, it's, I, I think it's a sort of a uh, hardware versus software sort of argument. The same kind of thing people make, like maybe you could tell uh, a record was recorded on a laptop in 1990 eight, but you probably can't tell what records are made on a computer these days. Right. Right. And so, I mean, like is, so, so there, there's just different schools of thought, whether or not someone prefers direct to metal mastering or. I, I don't think I've ever met either. anyone who prefers direct to metal mastering. Okay. okay see, I, yeah, I honestly, like, I really don't know, but I, I, I mean, I know say. I've never done it just because I know that I've always done it the old school way, but I don't know if anything I've ever been on is, I mean, I actually, I'm sure things I've been on have been done direct to metal mashing, but honestly didn't, I don't know. I, I probably couldn't tell the difference, but do you think you could tell the difference? Say if you didn't know, if you just, someone just gave, if someone's like, one of these is direct to metal and one of these is not. Do you think you would be able to tell the difference? I would love to try. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, let's do it. <laughs> there's there are so many other factors in vinyl pressing that can accommodate, yeah. you know, account for that. And I think uh, and no one's cutting both and test and pressing test pressings or whatever of both. Right, usually, So right, it's right. not where you're going to get a one to one, the same engineer, the same mm-hmm. thing. And, and so it's all going to depend on what kind of, you know, no matter what, when you're sending something off for pressing, it's going to be uh, someone is going to EQ it to prevent damage to their equipment. And uh, for whatever kind of their ear tells them, even if you've already had it mastered, it doesn't doesn't mean that the guy sitting there with the actual lathe cutting your record is going to not sweeten it up a little bit to their liking. Yeah. And I'm sure it depends on also the, the type of sound that you're using. I'm sure it changes and the equipment and much like when you're identifying colors, uh, the lighting that you have, for, <laughs> you know, around you, uh, the relative colors all you can really change one's opinion on what's good, bad or, pink. you know, when I was pressing a lot more vinyl, I like to go sit with the engineer and watch them and listen to them cut the lacquers before they went off for plating. And that process was really enjoyable because you can get test cuts and you can kind of see what they're doing to the audio you're bringing them. And for me, that was an enjoyable part of the process. It, of course, is time consuming. Uh, and sometimes when you're doing it, you've got uh, they'd blow a needle or uh, one of the one of the limiters would kick or something like that because of frequency work. Mm. And so you would have to start over. So I've definitely spent some time sitting in 
uh, mastering studio, getting records cut and <laughs> watching them be recut wow. as well. Oh, that's that's really cool. I've never done that. Did, you do that, did you do that in, uh, at um, Archer or at Bill Smith? No, I was doing that. Well, it, it's not at Bill Smith. I was having stuff cut uh, by Richard Simpson out here. And so I would go sit at his studio and and have stuff cut. Usually schedule oh, some time. Cool. And take it. Yeah, it's really actually yeah. really nice. And whenever possible, I take the you know I was uh, using a, a local mastering engineer. Whenever I could, I would take the mastering engineer with me if they wanted to go sit and just give notes on stuff. Oh wow! I I actually never knew you did that. I that's a really cool style. I would love to just do that for just just to see what what the process is. That's it would really be neat, cool. but that does not sound chill. <laughs> well, to doing it, I'm sure. But I mean, like you got—that's why they're pros, right? Yeah. You're you mostly gotta... just sitting there listening to a record. I mean, once the setup is yeah. done, and then sometimes they'll cut some on a lacquer, and you get uh, you get—they'll play you back. Like if they've got a scrap lacquer or something, you might get a test cut to make sure it sounds okay and listen mm-hmm. to the playback. And uh, you know, I, I always liked Richard would always ask what you wanted etched on it, and then he would etch the you know like cool. whatever kind of thing uh, in the run-out groove nice, for you yeah. while you're sitting there. Um, yeah, I do miss that process and the closing of bill smith is part of why i don't press vinyl anymore is because yeah. it was same thing when i were when i lived in detroit i would go to archer because it's the pressing plant that was a couple miles from where i worked yeah and it was so cool here it's like yeah drive you know well half hour traffic providing out to bill smith and you could watch them press records you could you know you it was just nice going and get a handshake from the guy that pressed your record and i i don't uh i don't have that anymore so i have a lot less interest in pressing vinyl because of it yeah, it's, sad. it's definitely a sad day when Bill Smith had to close. But direct to metal mastering, though, is predominantly European thing, correct? It is. It is. Right, right. So I, yeah, I, I've always heard of it being in the, the the Czech Republic pressing plant or a few yep. other places, but I've never, I don't seem to recall having ever heard of direct to metal mastering in the states. But hey, whatever, however this was pressed, it sounds amazing, and and it is. Much like many Mersbau CDs, I mean, we had to turn the volume much lower than than yeah. norm than the vi- than the record we had just listened to. We which turned was, it way up, and then we realized eh, maybe should back that which off. Which was bit. the K two yeah. Hater seven inch, which yeah. we sort of discussed the you know the cutting of that on the mm. seven inch episode. <laughs> but we turned it down. A, we turned it down. But then about a minute in, we I said. Uh, let's turn this. Let's turn this bad <laughs> boy back so up. Good. It was it's, really this nice. This is too it good. So let's nice let's turn this back up. So, this is. Uh, it sounds amazing. However, this was pressed. It looks amazing. I mean, look. This was. This was. A, this was a real treat. Getting. Getting back into Mers. Mersland with this fantastic ten inch. Red two eyes. And just yeah, one of the great titles. Yowza. More noise. Ten inches. Well, thanks so much. We will talk to you all next week. We got a really cool, we got a cool guest and a really, oh, that was really, so really cool conversation fun. coming up next week. So, yes, stay tuned for next week. Yeah. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artist for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.